0: Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the cast We get together and talk about books, old, rare, out of print, and all kinds of things that you may have in your attic. There's no better place to find it all and to find the information than the Brattle Bookshop in Boston. And with us, as always, is the proprietor of that uh, austere institution. He, of course, is Ken Gloss. And Ken, it's wonderful to welcome you. This is our first taping in the new year of 2021. So happy new Here. year.
1: And and we tape them well in advance, so who knows when in the year it's going to show up. But it, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy doing it.
0: It's a good time of the year to reflect on uh, our past, and you've got such a beautiful story about your dad and about the business and the family business that we thought we'd revisit that and maybe glean a few new pieces of information. For those who don't know it, uh, the Gloss name is synonymous with uh, the used books and rare books in Boston.
1: Well, thank you. And you know, st- people ask me, "How do you start a used book business? How do you do?" And I say, "I don't know. I didn't start a used book business. I grew up in a used book business. I've been with it all my life, literally." My father, the Brattle Bookshop, goes way back into the eighteen hundreds. But the reality is in 1949, it was going out of business. My father was getting married. Uh, he didn't really have a job. So what do you do when you're getting married and you don't have a job? You buy a business that's going out of business. Uh, my mother had $500 that she had from uh, saved up from being in the service during World War II and working after that. And the Brattle Bookshop, which was in Boston, we constantly get people saying, where are you on Brattle Street in Cambridge? (laughs) There used to be a little side street called Brattle Street, which was in the Scully Square area of Boston. It doesn't exist anymore. It's where Boston City Hall is now. And, but I also say, well, my parents say my first word was book. (laughs) And, you know, I can't attest to that, but I can very well understand. I'm sure they were talking about books all the time. And I, Imagine being, you know, whatever age I was. I was probably thinking to myself, "What's going to get their attention the most?" Say book. <laughs> I guess it did, whether it not. But one of the things, though, going into a, a business as a second generation has its very much ups and downs. I mean, again, when I was growing up, my father insisted that I came in after school from Dorchester. Uh, when I was even in elementary school, and then uh, when I went to Boston Latin School, it was a little closer. I just went down Huntington Avenue, but it was not my choice necessarily. It was come in; you have to work. It worked out well, in, um you know over the years. But you know, it it was sort of interesting. And then what my father would also do when he went out to houses, because it was essentially he sometimes had an assistant in the early years. But he would get calls to go out to houses, and he would always do that on Sunday mornings. I mean, he'd work six days at the store and then Sunday mornings going out to houses and estates. And, of course, when he needed someone to help carry the books on Sunday mornings, who do you think it was? Let me guess. (laughs) That actually was a lot more fun. I I enjoyed seeing the people, getting the books. uh, Mm -hmm. And I think I learned a tremendous amount, almost more than being in the store, but learning to be comfortable going into people's houses, what they were like, uh, how you address them, sort of watching my father do that. But the hard part was working for my father. We have very different personalities. Uh, he tended to be somewhat disorganized. I mean, you would take, he had this big briefcase filled with papers. The one thing you had to realize is they were filled with bills. Of course, once they went in <laughs> the brief briefcase, they never came out oh, to get paid. My
0: goodness! My
1: mother learned that very early on, and then my father had heaps and piles and everything sort of falling over and collapsing. It made a great picture, but he ran the store. He ran it very successfully in his way. I tend to be much more structured and organized and planned, and so we used to have our regular arguments. Uh, about this or not doing it one way or the other. And then I decided I was gonna to go to college and I was not going to have anything to do with books, anything to do with reading other than what I had to do for college. I went to the University of Massachusetts and I decided they at the orientation, they, they, they go, well, what do you wanna be? And I said, what do you wanna do? What do you wanna major in? What type of subjects? And I said, well, I really don't know. And they said, well, the chemistry department here is really good. And I said, okay, I'll be a chemistry major. (laughs) And and actually, the chemistry department at University of Massachusetts was very good. And I went through four years. I did well. I even, as an undergraduate, published a paper in a a scientific journal. But I was going to go to graduate school at the University of Wisconsin in, in the interim, the summer. I worked at a chemical company called Olin Matheson in New Haven. And I saw what industrial chemistry really was. I said, ah, maybe not. And then I got out to Wisconsin for one day and just said, I don't know if I wanna do this. And my father had always been saying, well, if you'd like to work at the store, you can. So I literally turned around the same day, drove back to Boston and said to my father, how about if we try this for you, we'll take, take it off." And uh, this is when it got really interesting. Uh, I, would, I would work and I would work with them in the same issues that I would be in the store and I would be putting things away and doing things, organizing things. And he would be doing it his way. And it, it, we had our clashes. Matter of fact, when I first started there, I used to get fired. Constantly, regularly, <laughs> sometimes two, three times a week.
0: Oh, man. And
1: probably for the six month, first six months of that, he'd be upset. I'd be upset. It was a multi-story building. I'd go up to the top floor. I'd sit there and I'd pout for an hour or two hours. And then I'd slowly sort of almost slink down to the main floor. Uh, and my father would be upset and I'd still be upset and we'd get through the day and You know, a lot of times it wasn't even about what was going on at the store, but it might have been something that I was aggravated about 10 years ago (laughs) or something that had come up at home. In any case, this went on for about six months. And I even had friends who used to come into the store, friends with my father or myself. Looking back on it, I look at it as amusing at the time. And then I realized, wait a minute, one day I came down about nine months into this, my father fired me. And I said, okay, I'll go home. I'm, I'm fired. I, I won't work. So I left and came back in the next day. And about three days later, I got fired again. <laughs> and I left again. And I, then what I realized is over the next six weeks, a month or two, my father realized if he fired me, I'd leave. And I got fired less and less and less. And, you know, it actually started to work out. The hardest thing, though, was my father had his personality. It was his store. Uh, and he wasn't <clears throat> that much for giving up power. Then he got sick about two years after I started. I was still in my early 20s. Uh, this was in the 1970s. And he had major heart surgery. And back in 1972 or three, when you had major heart surgery, he was out of work for a year. Mm. And, uh, and I ran the store. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but I ran it and it ran well. And then when he came back, he never regained full strength. So we started working half days. And he realized I could keep things going. Uh, So that was probably one of the main things that happened. We still had our arguments. We still had, why are you buying this? Why are you paying that much? Why aren't I buying this? Why aren't, why, this is why. And it went on and, and I got more familiar. He got more familiar. He never 100% regained his full strength. And I truly and firmly believed, although I love what I did, I know he loved having me there. If he had been 10 years younger and healthier, I'd be a chemist. <laughs> no, I, well, and, and,
0: I I just have one one observation to make because it's – you're painting such an amazing picture and the observation is this is uh, when he was really cooking and he was in his heyday uh, well before anybody even thought of computers or probably even adding machines were rare at that point. It was an era in which you would see a man owning a store and the desk would be just piled with papers and you wonder how anything get done. The point is, he was very successful and people knew him and loved him and loved the story, built it up. It's great. Well,
1: also, too, what 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 I did learn. Well, first of all, when you talk about computers... He had one of those old key cash registers, mm. you know, where you pressed it down and you pulled <laughs> the thing. But <and> it, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> that even didn't work. Just
0: for show, huh? Okay,
1: <laughs> It was just for show. But one of the things I did learn from my father, and that was a tremendous amount of learning, is he was fabulous about talking about books, about that knowledge and that loving it and with the customers. But also, he would get on radio. He would do newspapers. He literally would call the publisher, Davis Taylor, at the Boston Globe and say, I've got a good story you should put in your paper. I mean, this was the publisher. Mm -hmm. And Davis Taylor would say, well, I have no control over, you know, the uh, editorial. And, of course, an hour later, a reporter would call. (laughs) And And the fact that my father could call the editor, the owner of the Globe and actually be put through made me realize being a character had its advantages. And he also had a great knowledge of books, but I also, as the years went by, first of all, my knowledge of chemistry, you know, you say, gee, I went through four years of a lot of hard work. It was invaluable because when I came to work with my father, I knew I could do something else. And more importantly, he knew I could do something else so those four years of hard work in chemistry and education were well worth it. But then what I did start to learn was how much working with my father, how, how much I was learning not only about the books, but about public relations, about uh, talking with the public, about keeping the store's name out there. That was one of the major things I learned. But I also learned how to deal with my father maybe he learned how to deal with me too, but that, that <laughs> but I look at it as how to deal with my father. And I remember there was a, a tremendous event that happened back in 1980. Again, my father's health was down. He was working maybe half days, but on February 1st, 1980, I got a call at four o'clock in the morning. We were in a five-story wooden building on West Street and the store burnt was on fire. I literally got called into the Uh, by the fire department, your store is on fire. I went in that morning at four in the morning. You couldn't even walk down Washington Street. The smoke was so thick. Got in there and literally watched the store just disintegrate. Uh, But uh, we were able to rent a store a few doors up. Uh, The mayor at the time, Kevin White, loved my father. My father was a good friend with his mother. And that shows how the personal relationship... Mm. He he got our phones working right away, which was a huge advantage. People called and helped, and we found a rental. And a month later, even though it was meager, we re- reopened. Four years after that, uh, the building that was next to where our store burnt down came up for sale. And I had learned over the years and had advice from many people. I knew at that point, if I went to my father and said to him, they're going to pay us to take that building next to us. If it was my idea, he was going to say no. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Whatever. If I said they're going to give us a million dollars to take the building, because I said it, it would be no. So by that time, I had learned, um, and there was a actually a PR person, uh, his name was Edward Bernays. Oh, the father writer.
0: of public relations, right.
1: Father of public, and he said, when you have, conflicts like that, get a consultant. He had told me that a few years before. And I said, you know, that's a good idea. I called our lawyer, who my father loved because he started buying books on railroads when he was five years old, coming into the store. So he was now a, a partner in a law firm, but he had been a young boy buying books, my father. Loved. I called him up and I said, look, this is the deal. Do you do real estate? He said, yes, we do. I said, do you know someone who could come in and look at all of this? And he said, yes, that's a good idea. And I said, well, why don't you do that? Get somebody and then call my father. My wife and I, it was one of our first vacations. We went to the Caribbean. We got completely out of town. And when I got back, the lawyer and the consultant had talked to my father. My father had this great idea. Look at this building next to our empty lot is available. We should get this done right away. And we bought the building we're in now, which is what secured the business. So although it was a hard in learning and learning how to deal with people, I learned from my father, I think by osmosis, the tremendous amount about books and book learning. That was the hard part. But what I really learned was dealing with people, dealing with the public, doing public relations, talking about books, getting more people out there interested was one of his tremendous uh, advantages. And it's one thing, even doing this podcast, that I think still is an advantage. And I look back on it and uh, with great memories. And uh, we both did it our different ways, but the business goes on and we intend to keep it going on, even through difficult times.
0: It's a great father and son story with a lot of lessons and life lessons learned that you're sharing with a lot of people and who are in a similar situation.
1: And one thing I will say, I have two daughters. One lives in Africa. One does real estate. It is in the area. But I have a six-month-old grandson. And I have my eye on him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Get him reading, first of all. And that first word has to be book. No question about it. Ken Gloss, thank you so much, as always. And folks, go to brattlebookshop.com. Check it out, uh, the Brattlecast, and ask your questions. And do visit the store when you're in Boston. We'll see you later.